Hi, Nancy. Good afternoon, Nicholas. How are you doing on this fine, fine day? Uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have never felt exhaustion like this. Ever. Um, I, don't, I don't even know why I'm so tired. I slept a good eight and a half hours last night. Um, I've had a nap on my friend's sofa. There's just no need to feel the way I feel. But here we are. It's selfish for you to be that um, exhausted. Is, this, is it worse than I felt when you finished the Brighton Marathon? Yeah, the Brighton Marathon was fine. Like, it, like I slept 10 hours and I was like, oh, cool, recuperated. Like, I, I don't, I think it might be because I, I, because I'm just like so woke with like life. I don't sleep with an alarm. And when I was, I stayed in my friend's house last night and she like woke us up with alarm. So I just think I must have been in a really deep sleep. I also think I might have overslept. I don't think no, but it's painful. Anyway, how are you? My God, you don't sleep with an alarm. How do you make sure you get up? I get up when my body tells me I've rested enough. But um, what have you missed something or work? I mean, I've been doing this now for nine or 10 months and I've never been late for anything. Um, but also I genuinely feel like I can tell my body like before I go to bed, like, right, we need to be up at half six and I'll wake me up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put this to the test. I'm literally going to tell you what's actually to be up. And if you're not ringing me by that point in the next like week or so. Well, I'm on my holiday this week, so... I'll be telling myself a lot later than normal. So let's let's experiment next week. Okay, fine. Okay, well, yeah, this week we are back to a bit more of a regular normal schedule. Um, we have a bit more of a routine in our lives. So I still don't have any Wi-Fi, guys, so don't ask me. I won't tell you because I will scream. Um, but we are going back to our regular topics, which, as you guys know from a couple of weeks ago in Scrap, is England versus Spain. Woohoo! <laughs> this is a bit of a weird topic, but we thought it was quite interesting to cover because we obviously both have different opinions on our experiences and my experience of being in one and now being in the other and what the difference is like and stuff. Um, but before we go into that, we thought it might be quite interesting to actually lay out England versus Spain in terms of the facts and the stats. It was really hard though, because obviously you type in England versus Spain stats or facts or whatever it's all just bloody football and obviously i neither of us can make heads nor tails of it yeah and do um, we call do we care you could tell me the tournament or anything i have no idea what that means yeah. um, right over my head so, <laughs> yeah so um the, the first one which is actually the one we learned last week <laughs> but we were, i was in no fit state to be recording that episode is the fun fact you guys already know if you can recite it before i finish it great 10 points to you. Um, did you know Spain is 2.1 times bigger than the UK? The, the oh, my UK. God. Not just England, UK. But interestingly, we actually have 15.7 fewer, 15.7, 15.7 million fewer people living in Spain. Bloody England, we're densely packed, especially in bloody London. Yeah, so you, the UK is apparently 65.8 million Spain, we're at 15.7 less. If you do a quick math, Harriet, how, how, how many is that? 50.1. <laughs> Several seconds. I'm going to... I'm gonna. That should have been really easy. <laughs> do you think I'm going to go back and I'm going to add, like, just a really long pause at that point? Such an answer. <laughs> just, like, 45 minutes, like, sorry, guys, Harriet couldn't get the answer to the questions, so we just had to end the episode there. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, going to move on swiftly. Yeah. Interesting fact is that more than 400 million people worldwide speak Spanish as a, as a native language. 
Um, I guess that comes down because there's other countries that speak it where, well, I mean, America do speak English. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because you've got Mexico stuff. But so there's, there's a, Spanish actually an official language of over 20 countries, which is quite interesting considering Spain's quite a small country. I could probably name confidently three of them. Well, then. Portugal, Spain. Portugal, Portuguese. Fucking moron. Right, confidently. Okay, Spain. <laughs> Brazil. No Portuguese, mostly. Okay, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Panama. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Cuba actually myself, but I'd imagine maybe. I literally can't even name three. Yeah, you're like confident. In the first one you came out with was Portuguese. Well, Portugal, and then I realised it's Portuguese. Anyway. Great. Um, there actually are more native Spanish speakers than native English speakers in the world. It's very interesting. I know that a lot of people who speak Spanish normally speak English, but not as well. obviously not a lot of English people speak Spanish because we're ignorant bastards, which is probably oh. my bad. Mm, true. But also, if you were to live in England opposed to living in Spain, you would actually live 0.9 years less because the average life expectancy is 82 in 2020 in Spain and in the UK it's 81. Also, 79 for men and 84 for women. What's happening there? Um, because men are stupid and they, you know, just make dumb decisions and they need women to... Yeah, all you guys are living longer because you're living off the earnings that we are more than you. Oh my God, you're such a bloody patriarchal prick. Feminism all the way. Yeah. I mean, you're literally not. I'd like to pull up the receipts from the last like four podcasts that you've just absolutely dogged on other women. <laughs> Um, and then last fun fact is in Spain, you're 36.8% more likely to have more children. You have, oh no, is that in the UK? No, 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 that is right, in Spain. Liam wouldn't let me include the uh, fact about uh, infancy deaths, but I thought it was quite interesting. So. That is morbid as hell. Well, I guess it's not, it doesn't exactly come under fun facts, but... Well, that, gives, interesting. <laughs> that gives you some context of actually England versus Spain. Um, interesting or not, you're very welcome to have learnt those today. I feel like we haven't really fully given complete context of why we're doing England versus Spain. Obviously, most people know that Liam lives there. But yeah, Liam lives there. So that's the context. <laughs> I just don't know if everyone knows. Like, not being funny, but... I mention it to my friends, but a lot of the times when I'll say stuff like I'm visiting my brother in Barcelona, they're like, oh, cool, is he like out there on holiday? I'm like, oh, he lives there. And I've mentioned it to them before. It's well, just like, people, you know, people don't really care that much about you. If people listen from episode one, there was quite a clear introduction regarding our pronouns, locations. Well, there are several things that have been quite different since moving here that were quite hard to adjust to. And the things that kind of our friends still take the piss out of us for is uh, one of our meal times. So, like, we can finish work at, like, five or six and have dinner done by seven. But, like, for them, they've had, like, lunch at, like, five. They normally have dinner until, like, 10 or 11, which is, like, I'm in bed. I'm fast asleep. I'm well-fed by that point. I could not. And, like, when we go to our friend's house, and they're, like, do you want to come over for dinner? I'm, like, yeah. And I get that. I'm, like, fuck, I forgot it's 10. I'm, like, guys, have you got something to keep me going? Because I'm not going to be able to make it. Mm. It's just a huge thing here. I think the mainly the reason is because it's, especially during summer, obviously, it's hotter. It's hotter. Um, 
during the um, middle of the day. So they have siestas, which they actually do do here still. And so everyone goes home to siesta for two hours. So then the shops or whatever you're doing normally open later to like eight instead of England where it's like six, like a solicitor or, or like someone with a normal job uh, work till like eight. But it doesn't mean they're obviously not coming home and having dinner till like eight, uh, 10 or 11 before they then go to sleep, which um, again, I find crazy, but it's... Um, that's what they do here. We haven't really adjusted to that. I must say, we do English times here with meals and anything that we do, basically. Yeah, no, it is weird. Like, I remember, like, you can go and get a reservation at a, a restaurant really easily at, like, seven or eight, whereas in England, that would be the busiest time. Yeah. And it's, like, hard to actually get seats at, like, nine or ten. Yeah. Then, yeah, at like, eight o'clock, normally the restaurants are open. So, like, when you come out here, we go for, like, sushi or something. We just, like, walk in. And then they're like, we're like, got a table. They're like, yeah, we're, no one's here yet. We're like, oh. Lovely. So, yeah, that's, that's the one big, that's the one biggest difference. Also, in the same kind of theme of things, it also means the nights out start later. Again, I know you've experienced this with me, but like, you go out for dinner, let's say I'm Spanish, go out for dinner at 10, finish your dinner at like 12, then go to a bar for drinks, and then you go to a nightclub, probably like two or three. That's when the clubs get busy. So in England, you're going home by that point. Here, they're not getting busy till two or three, which is like, okay, fine, I can adjust to that. But it means you're not finishing your night out to six or seven. You are right off the next day. You're dead to the world. Yeah, I do find that really difficult when I come and visit because I'm like, we're like leaving. We're starting pre-drinks at like 11 or 12 and usually <laughs> leaving for the club at that time in England. So I'm like yeah. having to pace myself. And I have, as you can tell from previous times and previous episodes, <laughs> not always pace myself um, <laughs> but it is an interesting one yeah and i mean in the spirit of, of um pacing yourself they also have like the measures here are kind of crazy um of drinks like if you ask for uh, a vodka coke like half the glass is vodka i mean you get like a splash like i a- have a picture of me where we are asked for vodka lemonade and it's like three quarter full and it's like me holding it like what the fuck am i meant to do with this yeah, yeah. It's like a small it's not it's, it's like five or six shots of vodka yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and like, and they, they pour it, and they're like, let's say they're talking to their barmaid friends, and they're literally like pouring a drink, and they're like, hi, how are you? Yeah, no, I'm working at eleven to five tomorrow. No, I know my grandma's in hospital, and like, they'll have a full um, podcast episode catch up, and then they'll stop pouring a drink, and be like, here you go, and it's like ten euros or seven euros or wherever, depending on where you go, but like it keeps you going. Like, oh it does it's really really hard to drink like yeah. i don't really like i actually have this is a um public service announcement side note i have come to the roaring conclusion that um vodka absolutely is a no from me i enjoy it and i like it when i get to a certain level but it does send me over a little bit um there's been a few incidences there's been a few oversharing uh, there's been just some embarrassing moments. Because of vodka only. Yeah. Whereas with I recently when I've just been drinking gin, I don't really get to that stage. I'm just always quite happy on it. Whereas with vodka, yeah, vodka is a bit of a dangerous thing because you could drink it. It doesn't taste. Sometimes, especially if you get a good one, it doesn't taste like you always drink it. But then you're drinking it like, oh, this is great. This is great. It's great. And then you hit a wall, and that you can't get back from that wall. Yeah, and you don't, and you don't know when you fit that wall. Gin sometimes you can like sense yourself getting there. You're like, okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, I think it's interesting though because before I used, there was a time when I couldn't drink gin because it always used to make me cry because it's quite a depressive drink. So I didn't drink it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite known for it. It's like suicide drink. 
I don't know if that's appropriate, but that's what I mean. My friends called it for a bit. So we didn't drink it. Whereas now it makes me really, really happy. Maybe it's because mentally I'm in a better place. Well, um, but <laughs> vodka, uh, yeah, it just makes me. Someone saw me at my party and was like, you were drinking bootleg vodka, making some bootleg decisions. And I was like, yeah no i mean yeah, like i had the same thing like if i've ever been upset or down like if i've drunk vodka it's not turned out well like it's just it just brings out the worst um, i also have lost control of my bladder on vodka <laughs> um i do find that rum is my new thing rum's quite i think it's quite sugary quite fattening but i did um when i have rum i tend to get quite giggly and happy so mm. i need to try and make more of an effort of that i think I did go through a rum phase and that was really good but I think I just overdid it at uni and I don't really like rum and coke now like just I think gin and tonic especially because you can get so many different flavors of gin now like Cecilia Nemon is my go-to there's white peach like it just gives me the best drunkness at the moment so this is Harriet's official retiring for vodka if you see me drinking vodka mind your business <laughs> there's, but, a reason, there's a reason and a cause for that happening yeah Maybe I want a bootleg kind of day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry, that was a complete side note. I just wanted to make sure everyone was aware of my... No, OK, story. well, obviously, if you're shaking with vodka, don't come to Spain and drink it because it's not going to be with you. Indeed. Um, why don't you ask me? Um, another big thing, which I always notice that you've, like, since you've moved, is how many bloody public holidays you guys have you seem to always be on them yeah we have well we have a lot of bank holidays um they kind of they love a party here like what i kind of what, one thing i like which kind of accidental i didn't actually know before but they're very like i don't know the word socialist here where like it's more about the quality of your life than the job you're doing or the career you have like that's kind of like secondary oh the way that i work right. in england you kind of um you live to work like you're valued by your job like if you die you live to work opposed to working to live yeah so if you die in england the first thing is like caretaker harriet died too young blah, blah. where here it's like thingy died or whatever like i'm like if i die i don't want to be defined by my job just that or like people ask you like what do you do for a living straight away or what car do you drive and like stuff like that. here it's that's not like the mentality it's it's about relaxing. So they have public holidays because of religions and stuff like that, but also like any excuse to have a party, they're always doing them. Um, on the flip side of that is that public holidays for us don't are uh, on the date they happen. So if it's on a Thursday, if it's on a Tuesday, it's it. So you might go to work on a Monday, be off on a Tuesday, back on a Wednesday. Like they don't really, they just do them on the day they are. Where I know England obviously changes them to Fridays and Mondays. Mm. it's annoying we do have a lot but they don't always fall on good times like the same with Christmas Christmas on a Saturday you don't get like a day four or whatever like that that's just it you oh, know? we get that don't we yeah so last year. we have more but they, they, I mean they fall when they fall so it depends if you have a weekend job as well various factors into that um, also filling out forms if I'm doing forms I have to like they have two surname boxes, like fields, to fill out because it's quite the culture here that if you, if you have a baby, you give it your two surnames, like one from each. I like that though. Which I find quite weird. And also, a lot of them are. What happens great. when that baby has a baby? Well, I think they only take one of that surname. I mean, don't ask me, I'm not Spanish, but like they also, the names seem to be quite common. Like it would be like Jose Gonzalez uh, Hernandez. That's a gross generalisation. But it's true. 
Like a lot of people I know have the same names. It's just like, who? Don't hate me. Um, yeah, that's another thing I noticed. What about? What about like uh, greetings? Because I know that obviously in England, like we can be a little bit blunt or a little bit also in, not personable. That's not the right word, but it's the word I used. Yeah, well, I mean, England is very like handshake or wave. Here it's kissing and stuff like that. Oh, that's absolutely no from me. Cause Two, I get nervous. A kiss on each side of the kiss on each cheek is quite common. Oh, there's nothing worse. I greeted my friend Liv's mum recently and I we did one and then I went in for a second and she didn't and we had an awkward like, ah, second. <laughs> oh, I just was like, well, now I have to leave because how do you recover from that? Yeah, I mean, it's quite, it's actually quite cute. One thing I did kind of enjoy, they are quite affectionate here, but like post-COVID, post-Hanny-D, um, also people are, um, uh, like they greet us like that. You don't know how the other person's feeling about you being that close to them. Like literally like, going face to face or cheek to cheek like you might still be wearing your mask or whatever you don't know how people are feeling but like, it's still quite common if people do well it's it's sometimes funny when like I still see pe- some people and I think oh are you okay to hug you not to be honest this sounds really savage for me but I have to say one of the great things about the Panny D um is that I don't have to greet people with hugs because sometimes I just don't want to do it no you're getting excuse out of it yeah um and then I know that you're quite like a punctual person. How have you found that, like being on like Spanish time? Oh, there isn't as, as so much time as Spanish. They take it. They take the clock as a light suggestion. They're always late for things, and anything you need to get done, as we learned last week with my Wi-Fi, is mañana, mañana. I'm kind of coming next week. I'll have it done by the end of this week, and it's always done two weeks later. Like you just like my patience is tested every single living day of my life here. <laughs> But I, can't, I also can't complain on the flip side because it means that if I need to get anything done or if I need to be somewhere, I know that I've got time, breathing time, and, and it keeps things relaxed, which is, again, what they're doing, here, like the way they live. It's so, like, in England, we have to be there yesterday. Here, it's like, it'll be done tomorrow, it'll be done tomorrow, which is annoying when you need something done, but at the same time, it's nice to know that life is slow and, and a slower pace and stuff. So Yeah, I think it's quite funny because our dad, Dennis, you know, you've all met him now. He always says to us, like, like especially like now that I live in London and I think the part, the pace living here is really, really fast. But he always says to me, like, oh, you're so go, go, go. The two of you, like, talking about me and you being like, just why are we always in a rush? Like, why can't we take it slowly? And, like, he's never late to things. He's always 20 years early. But he hates how, like, we're just, like, running around and trying to get as much done and we're just quite busy people. Yeah, but he's also the person when you're driving in the car and the speed limit is 60, he goes 40 and then you say, why are you going 40? He's like, I won't get there any faster. I'm like, that's literally how speed and time works. I don't understand. Yeah, you literally will. And like, I was driving us to Epsfleet, which is where I get the train back into London from. And he literally was like, um, yeah, as we were going, he he was like, um, just so you know, it's 30. And I'm like, again, a suggestion. (laughs) <laughs> no one's really going to go 30 through here no it's like it's kind of uh, that's annoying so, I mean yes I, I tried to be slower on time as about that but um, things have to get used to you know Beth okay let's move on to the question portions of the episode so uh, this was I think put in by Luke and he asked us what's the best and worst thing about living in separate countries to each other 
Are you ready for me to answer? Well, I guess we will both answer, but... Um, separate countries to each other. The best thing is that we have... Uh, what was I say? The best thing. I don't know what the best thing is, but a good thing is that we have very separate lives going on, so we've got a lot to catch up on and talk about all the time and lots of different experiences to, like, share. Um, and also that means that because we are living apart, we have to make more of a conscious effort to stay in touch and, and stuff like that, which I think is good. Um, the worst thing, well, obviously, if anyone's in a time of need, is not being able to physically be there. Mm. But they would, now, nowadays, technology, the only thing that offers is a hug or, like, stuff, you know? Like, otherwise, you can always obviously pick up the phone and have, have your yeah. on video straight away. The only thing that matters is a huge amount. I mean, not, like, super huggy people, like... Our families did not breed uh, PDA people. I don't know if that's how well. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I hugged a lot of my family members. <laughs> Depressing. Um, for me, the best thing is just like when we do see each other, especially like obviously when I come to Spain, because it's a free holiday for one, or like cheap holiday. But like it's always like good quality time together because we're, we we're both there consciously like spending the time like you usually take time off work and stuff so it's always just like really nice and I obviously get to see a bit more of a glimpse of your life um it is and I guess on the flip side that's kind of like the worst thing about living in separate countries is like I get to see glimpses of yours but you barely come back to England because there's a reason you left you want to spend your holiday like coming back to a place you left and have lived in for years which is totally fair but it kind of transpires that you don't know especially now that I feel like my life I'd say since the pandemic has changed quite a bit like obviously now I'm living in London I, my friendship groups change like a lot of the same people have stayed but like I've got such a big work group now and stuff like that that like you probably don't really know that much about them or have never met them or will meet them so I definitely think there's that slight difference um but I would definitely agree I think the worst thing is just like not being able to I guess be as in each other's lives as much as we would like yeah. But I mean, in this way, it is, we could choose, like, how much we are in, in each other, not that much. That yeah, sense. exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, like, it's like a process of, like, sharing things. And we always talk about where we're going to meet up. Like, obviously, pre-COVID, we were, like, planning trips and stuff where we'd meet in different places in the world because we both like to travel. So now we, we would both do that and meet somewhere and actually have the quality time together when neither of us are working around our familiar things and stuff and have a new experience. But... That hasn't happened. The things we did book got cancelled, so... We love COVID. We do. <laughs> All in um, good times. Okay, so another question from Luke, and that is, would you rather move your entire life to family... I didn't spend that right. Entire family to Barcelona or move back to Bower Green? <laughs> I'd rather move... Oh. Uh, good question. Would I rather Either. everyone... Live, would I rather live, everyone live here... No, I'd rather, I'd rather everyone live here because as much as it's, it would be a lot to have everybody here, I would be here and I would have other things going on. Where if I was a bow green, I have no sun and not an awful lot to do. Yeah. I think if you, it would feel like a step back going back, obviously, mm -hmm. but like staying here and having people come, it would just feel a bit more of a rounded experience, I guess. Yeah, I mean, also like we've got our family home, which we both really like. So the only reason I would move back to England is if like, I take over that. Ha ha! Rule the kingdom once again. Honestly, um, we talk about this so often. We're like, so if we got the house and we have the money, this is what I would do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's back here. So, I mean, if I could move the house here, I would. Perfect. But obviously, that's not a 
a realistic scenario in my current yeah. financial status. Put it over on a helicopter. Yeah. Um, you no, know, yes, definitely. I'd rather have people here, I think. And then okay. I don't know how close it does have to be to me. Liv asked, um, do you miss the UK and would you ever move back? Well, I've just explained when I would move back, which would be under very specific, unfortunate circumstances. Um, do I miss the UK? No. Um, no, not at all. We kind of, it's kind of a bit of a whim. So we, we decided to move here. Well, I've, growing up, was always like, my moving out would be moving abroad. I never really actually wanted to live in England. I never picked Yeah, we haven't actually gone over your decision process to move to Spain. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I mean, that was it, basically. I, like, growing up, I was always like, I never picked myself living there. My original thought was to live in a French skiing village, because I like skiing, and obviously in the winter, in the summer, and spring, it's really nice for hikes and stuff. So that was yeah, always don't, my vision. Don't a lot of them change into, like, golf courses? Yeah, and, like, cycling and stuff like that. So I would, like, I definitely would, like, for that, that was what I wanted to do originally. Um, and then I went to Mexico on a... Like a private school trip and I really enjoyed that and we thought of going there we went there on a holiday nearly got arrested well did get arrested three times which I'll explain in another another episode um so then we decided against that also the police are very corrupt there which is part of the same story uh and then Luke's mum's husband recommended Barcelona because he used to busk here when he was really young so we came here for a weekend and a month later we'd moved here because we really liked it um, yeah, it's a beautiful city. Like there's there's beach, there's obviously big city, there's night side. Like it's an incredible city. I love that. I love that. Yeah, city. and there's mountains and stuff. So you could hike and be in nature like from both ends. And it's not a big city. It's not like overwhelming like London, I feel, or anything like that. So um, no, I would never move back. And now I don't miss the UK. Um, when I first moved here, I was going back like, well, like four times a year or something, like every few months hmm. um, to see people. But then it was like, the novelty kind of wore off, obviously, from people not seeing me for a while and then people would carry on with their normal lives. Like, I would travel back at the time of holiday, off work, see people, and then they'd be like, yeah, so I've got to do, um, go back to work tomorrow and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they just got to the point where I was like, why am I spending my holiday days coming back to a place I chose to leave? Like, there's no logic in that. It's costing me, like, 80 euros of flights or something and the day's holidays. We're like, I still haven't explored what's around Barcelona. Um, yeah. So it makes much more sense. Also, might be a bit of a savage question but like since moving have you obviously must know now who really values having you in their life because they're the ones that have made the effort to come see you because let's be honest like Barcelona isn't that expensive or that hard to get to no well I mean again like when we were talking about moving somewhere we're like oh, Manchester somewhere and we worked out it's like four hour train when Barcelona is a two and a half hour flight from the airport there's only half an hour from our house so it's actually quicker to get here obviously pre-covid it was even easier um, yeah, no, actually, like, I've seen now the people that have have come out here and people that haven't, and, yeah, it says a lot. I went back to sort of seeing all of those people, and those people have come back out here and stuff. Um, like, my best friend's been out here eight or nine times already. Luke's mum the same and stuff like that. Um, some of my family... I'm pretty been, sure I'm top... I'm followed swiftly after them. Yeah, I think you're five or six now. Um, but I've got other family members that have never come out here and stuff like that, even though it's, it's very easy... So it's definitely telling. I think also, like, I can't really think of many reasons why you wouldn't, because if you come out here, you're not, you're not working. You're not having to do all the daily chores. Stuff like that. You can have a nice, relaxing holiday. And I might be working, but I can have time off or we can have the weekend together. Um, but the time that we're not together, you can still be on holiday and have a great time, like, whatever. You can stay at my house. You're not paying accommodation and stuff like that. So, like, I never really understood that. So, um, 
yeah, I did come back and I do come back for big events or like time, if time permits or whatever, but I definitely mm. don't go back as much as normal because also not much changes. I drive through the high street web and it's like, oh, that's still there. Or like the biggest scandal was that our NatWest changed to a Costa Coffee. That got the village up, shook and shouting for weeks. Well, we like our independence. It's important yeah. to support your independence. When we've got a set mini Sainsbury's, that was all over the place. Sainsbury's local, know the names. <laughs> so, no, Moves I don't. Moves out of yeah. England and forgets everything about it. That's culture, Liam. <laughs> Sainsbury's, Sainsbury's local. local. It's culture. I did like that uh, I, it was kind of got rumours of it being put up and all of our family and friends around by village like, it's awful, like, we can't have it. We like our little shops and stuff like that. And then I saw a screen print of the front of the Kent Messenger and in the picture, front row, front and centre, was my family protesting against the Sainsbury's local. Mum didn't tell me what we were doing. She just told me to come up to the village and then I was walking through the village like, no, stop Sainsbury's. <laughs> and oh, luckily in the picture I'm facing away because I was trying to hide. So you, and, now, you... and now guess who shops at Sainsbury's local on the regs? Our family. I actually don't know if mum does. I'm there all the time, but I never really cared. I love the Sainsbury's local. Protesting the same place you shop at, but no, yeah, so it's village for question, life. but no. Um, um, who's this question from? What do you love most about being away from Harry? It's from dear old Evie, good old friend. Evie, 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 Evie Oddly. Um, what do I love most about being away from Harriet? Is there anything not to love there? Like just that sentiment itself says it all. I, I think have... the thing, I think it's quite clear what the thing is. And it is clearly that now you are the most, you are the funniest person in the room. But whenever I'm there. I not. do, I will say I miss having to be experienced firsthand all the wonderful and embarrassing things she does that you guys have learned throughout the past several episodes. Yeah, there's, there's, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many, the people that now witness these embarrassing things are, they're all really new to it. And they're like, oh God. And it's like, mm. <laughs> just part and parcel of being my mate. What about, what about you being in England? Would you move, would you leave England? Would you come to Spain or move to another country? Have you ever thought about yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's a big topic of conversation. I do think about it a lot. Cause obviously I did go, here she comes mentioning it, but I did go on a year abroad in America and I loved it. I was there for like 10, 11 months and I didn't come back. I traveled and I went to like so many different states and I, yeah. And I, again, I do like some aspects of their culture, other aspects terrify me and guns. Um, and, but I do think sometimes the quality of life is better. Um, the money's better. Um, I do have lots of friends out there now. So it's a really hard thing to toss up, to be honest. Um, I, I would say, I don't know, I would be very open to moving abroad, definitely moving cities like, I love the idea of like moving to Bristol or Manchester because they're really cool. Um, but also, yeah, I would consider moving. It's very hard now that we're not in the EU. Like Berlin apparently is like really good. Um, yeah, and again, America is up there. I just, it would be a struggle to know where exactly where to go. And like, I'd obviously have to. I think you're never really for sure find a place that you absolutely love though. So would you not just try anyway? Yeah, I would try. 100%. Um, I would just I don't think I would do it alone though I think if I was to do it I would have to do it with either a friend or 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 a partner just because it's a good way to like meet you know like if you have their work friends and my own work friends and if we both did hobbies then like 
we can meet a lot of people whereas if it's just me and I don't get on my work friends and then I try and do other hobbies and I struggle to meet people it can be quite isolating quite lonely and I just think that that would freak me yeah I mean I have a few friends that have moved here and then left again but I think yeah I mean obviously I'm coming from a place of like you said having Luke and stuff but um, you have to throw yourself into it like one of Luke's friends moved here and she's joined meetup apps she's gone on walks hikes and like little trips with people and now she's got loads of friends here and some of them actually only spoke Spanish so she actually learned all of our Spanish within the space of about six months which is way ahead of us and we've been here for over four years so like you just have to throw yourself in when you do something like that to like really have the experience and like give it a good go like join clubs or whatever if you're struggling to meet people put yourself out there but I, don't yeah, think definitely. I would do that and like when I went to America that's what I did but also I was at college out there so it's a lot easier to meet people my age you're at uni you're in American college or uni American college so it's, it's well they call it college but it's uni exactly get your facts right Shut up you haven't even been to uni so you don't know it is college because <laughs> it's bloody American university and they call it bloody college 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 I've been to uni. university not not to learn but I've been on plenty of nights out at my friend's university well, that's not university is it that's going to visit your friend wherever she lived in in england anyway we're going on a tangent we're just arguing now because we're both tired and hungry and hangry (laughs) so let's start let's lish conclude um but yeah that was our little england versus spain don't know how entertaining it was as we always never really do but it was fun to do (laughs) um it is time for positive story of the week it's about a night out. I'm not happy about it, um, but I finally got to see Megan the Stallion live. Um, I've been waiting for this for like months, and obviously you guys know how much I adore her. Um, and it was at the Warehouse Project in Manchester, so it was a bit strenuous and like touch and go about getting there. But I, I literally had ten minutes after I got out of the car to like get in my dress and go. But oh it was stressful. But I got drunk and got ready in the car. Other way around. Uh, thank God. How, how did you? Um... The warehouse project. So it wasn't like the, uh, a stadium. No, it was warehouse project, and it's and last entry was eight pm. So like, it was a quick turnaround. We got in there. There's Princess Nokia as well, who's really good. I snuck a hip flask in. I was wearing a sheer dress, but got it in between my thighs. So I didn't spend any money except buying like two tonics. So that was really good. Um, I got so many compliments on my dress. I had someone come up to me and tell me um my outfit was main character vibes, and I was like, I feel seen. So just everything was just like really good like the vibes I was at a really good level of drunk and everything and then she came on and she was just beautiful stunning incredible piece of art never seen anything like it her ass was fat she was shaking it I was like in <laughs> awe. Like, how, how, how much were the tickets how big was the audience like 40 quid um and then the audience was quite well I don't know I was in the crowd but it was a huge crowd like I, I think if you look at her videos from the night like you can't see like how many people are behind because I was kind of near the front to the side and then after that it ended in the the warehouse project sometimes stays open but it didn't and so we walked to the gay village and went to a gay club and I haven't been to a gay club since pre-covid so I was like yes finally um and then again um just had a really good time um some rogue songs came on but they were fun like UK Hun from RuPaul came on and I was like this is what I needed like this type of music so yeah, I had a really, really good night and then had some good cheesy chips on the way home. So it just really was the full clubbing experience. Did she, um, did she perform Savage? Yes. I know my friend saw her at Park Life and she didn't perform Savage. I'd have been fuming. But she did Savage. She did WAP. 
Um, she did so many good ones and I loved it and she looked incredible and I want to be her. So does she sing Carly's bits in WAP? No. So what I don't did she think do? so. What, what did she, you don't think I don't remember like, Black Tower? She just danced. Because she, she had dancers and a lot of choreography, so I think it was more like that. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Glad it was worth the hype or the, the what you were hoping it would be. It was. Um, what was your positive story for the week? Uh, I don't think because I still don't have Wi-Fi. That's not very positive. Um, I would say my story was that my best friend came out here. Um, first time seeing her in twenty months. It was twenty months and. Seven weeks, something stupid. Well, I contested that, but... Well, actually, it can't be seven weeks, and that's 21 months in a bit. Um, 20 months, we hadn't seen each other for. So she came out here, and um, we had a week- weekend together, a long weekend, and drinks on Friday, chilled on the Saturday. To go for a drink on Tuesday. And... You had a yeah, good time? Sunday we had oh then Sunday we met she met one of my best friends here and then one of her best friends was also traveling here so we met him and then we went for drinks on Sunday night and then she left on Monday all very quick flyby visit but like it was one of the visits we didn't we didn't we did, we kept all the t- catch up all the time like me and you do so it wasn't like we needed to do all these amazing sightseeing things it was very like let's just chill let's just spend some time yeah be in each other's company and we did actually record an episode so episode ten every five episodes our guest episode. Episode 10 is where she's going to have her debut. So you guys are going to get to hear more about her. It's quite a fun episode. Talk about um, lots of... No, no. We finally get some embarrassing stories no. about Liam, guys. No. Finally. It's only taken us 10 episodes and the tables have turned. I'm not happy about it. Maybe, it maybe we'll end, end the podcast will retire on episode 9. I will kick off. I will release that footage. Don't you worry, guys. <laughs> um... Okay, so then the last part of the um, podcast is uh, Song of the Week. So my Song of the Week is actually, I think you might be quite surprised, but I, I feel like it's, it's the right thing to do, is Everything You Ever Wanted by Girls Aloud. Um, and what? I'm like R.I.P. Sarah Harding. Well, that's what I mean. So, like, she's, um, yeah, it's all, everything I ever wanted is actually not a common song. It's actually not an album they've got of B-sides. You know, the songs they recorded they never released and stuff like that, or, like, yeah. live songs. So, actually, I listened to that the other day because she, because um, the news that she was, uh, she did unfortunately pass, which I think is just the most sad news ever. But I know people die all the time, but, like, she was so young, so pretty, so talented, so crucial, like, such a big part yeah. of like, and it was so aggressive and quick, like, it's just terrifying. Yeah, like, she was such a character, like, like all of them were, like, obviously good in their own way, but she was someone that was so, like, standout, like, in her yeah, own way. Yeah, like, definitely. She'd just sing one thing, it would just be, like, you know, it's her singing it, and the way she delivered it and stuff was always, like, mm. I know, better. So, um, I was actually genuinely quite shocked and sad about that news. Um, so, yeah, I was just this song's just a really nice song, and they all sing it really well. Um, I think it's nice for us at the moment. I think we should all just play a little more girls loud. Um, and may, may Sarah Harding rest in peace. Oh, I love that. Which one was it again? Just say it one more time. Everything you ever wanted. Okay, guys. Well, there you go. That is your song of the week. That is your, what else? Um, podcast episode from this week. As per usual, 
if you have any topics or anything that you want us to cover, please let us know. We are having some feedback that it's not relatable enough. So if you've got suggestions, we'll take it. Um, uh, but yeah, as per usual, have a good week, guys. See you next week. Follow us on Instagram where we'll post a couple of photos and videos to kind of summarise all the things we talk about. It is Nancy at Nicholas. Nancy at Nicholas. Nancy and Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas is spelled like less Nicholas. Anyway, have a good day. Love you all lots. Ciao, guys.